Have you ever wanted to redo a scenario? This is What Good, brought to you by Talking Tales and hosted by storyteller Keisha Christie. Oral traditions is an inaugural part of who we are and preserves our culture. Join us every week as we gather and we share stories and talk culture. Gather together your family and friends, learn something new, reminisce about the old days, and most of all, What Good. Welcome to another episode of What Good. I'm your storyteller, Keisha Christie, and we have another amazing episode for you this week. Before we get into it, I would like to give a big shout out to Model Crush Sunday, and I'd like to thank Lori for bringing me on the show. I had so much fun. At the top of the show, I asked if there was a circumstance situation where you wish you could get a redo. Well, as much fun as I had on the show on Sunday... I would like a redo. Yeah, it was fun and I would absolutely do it again. But there was a question that I was asked on the show and I didn't answer it the way that I would have liked to. So I decided that I was going to give myself a redo. (laughs) So we're going to do that right here, right now. So the question was along the lines of how I got started in storytelling and talking a little bit about the business talking tales. And I started to talk about what Talking Tales does. So Talking Tales is a company that I put together because I would like to, I wanted to fill a gap, fill a need. And that was to share culture in a different way, something that was uh, unique in that, yes, we had festivals and I wanted to make the focus more on the coming together and the storytelling piece because storytelling takes so many different arts and fashions that I wanted to unite them in one place, but place the emphasis on the fact that they tell us stories and the stories themselves connect us. So Talking Tales was created and Talking Tales, a celebration of Afro-Caribbean heritage was created two years ago. And the inaugural event was really putting together the talent provided by storytellers of all kinds, genres, and Uh, vendors of local entrepreneurs together in one place uh, with friends, family, children. It was a family event to bring everyone together in one place and share the way that we would have done years ago and want to come back to. We tend to do events without our kids or we do events uh, individually and in little pockets, but I wanted to have an opportunity to bring us all together. And that is how Talking Tales originated. What we also do is we also go into schools, we attend um, associations, events, and we and I share stories. I tell folk tales, Caribbean folk tales, um, mostly Anansi stories, Aesop fables, and some others. And what I do is emphasize the fact that it is edutainment. So you're getting the entertainment, but you're learning as well. And I pray that the result of sharing these tales is really an absorption of culture, understanding a little bit more about traditions, uh, perhaps proverbs that grandma or auntie used to share in those ways. How I got started with storytelling is really a roundabout way because I didn't follow the straight path. I didn't know what my path was, so I took a lot of detours. And as you know how life works, those little detours have a way of pushing you back to where you were supposed to be in the first place. So I've had a lot of experiences where I've had to speak on stage and didn't. I had opportunities where I met uh, amazing, talented people and 
didn't share my own. I was afraid, putting it frankly, I was afraid of how great I could be. I'll put it that way. And I didn't. I had to learn later in life that public speaking is not as fear, not as frightening as we all think it is. I also learned that we are all uniquely talented and there is no other me out there in the world. So the gifts that the gifts and talents that I have to give and share are not the same that other people have. And that's the, that's the important part. We all have a, a place. What is for Caesar is for Caesar. And it can't be taken away or change. What's for you is for you and will always be. Some of the other thing experiences that I have was I met Miss Lou and spent the day with her. I was standing backstage watching her perform on stage. And this year, being the second year of uh, our event, Talking Tales, a celebration of Afro-Caribbean heritage, I also did a few other events during Black History Month. And one of them was for um, the Black History Month launch in the town of Ajax. And I stood backstage, literally at the same angle I was watching Miss Lou those many years ago when I was younger. And when I was standing in that position, I thought, "You're full. this is full circle. The only difference is you're performing. I remember the first time I performed in front of a large crowd was at my church for a Black History Month um, celebration. And I had on my bandana and I was ready to do my Anansi story. And okay, you have that little bit of stage fright that kicks in, but it's more like adrenaline to get you going. And just before I was supposed to go on, the music started and I started to walk up on the stage and I literally heard Miss Lou say, open up your mouth. <laughs> well, I did what I was told. I went on the stage. I told my Anansi story. I was on point. The audience was enjoying. I could hear their laughter. I could see their faces. And I was the most comfortable underneath that spotlight that should be so hot and making us nervous. I was excited by it and realized I've come full circle. Uh, another full circle moment for me was last year uh, in September, I went on a trip to celebrate Miss Lou's 100th birthday. Yes, I'm all things Miss Lou. And... When I went on that trip, I didn't know who was attending. I just kind of jumped on a, a group trip with uh, the JCA. And on that trip was Sandra Whiting. And Sandra Whiting is a storyteller in Toronto. And I've been in, I've admired her for years and wanted to meet her face to face. I mean, I've seen her at a distance and watched her do many things over the year, but I haven't been able to see her face to face, sit down and talk with her. Well, the sit down and talk with her was the amazing part because not only were we on these same trips, staying at the same hotel, um, we were sitting side by side on the plane on the way down and on the plane on the way back. So <laughs> my opportunity that I had been waiting for had definitely come. And in that, I realized that I am where I was always supposed to be. I just took the long way around. So... Having talking tales and sharing culture, sharing our stories, our traditions are oral traditions. We sing, we dance, we gather. It's not to uh, downplay the written word because the written word is so beautiful and we are all very gifted and talented in that way. But I wanted to bring back the tradition of 
or the oral traditions, the fact that we gathered in person together and the fact that we shared verbally together and we we have our experiences individually but collectively we are stronger and this is how the pattern falls into places because we share with each other and that is the big thing biggest thing that I believe in while I'm doing talking tales and supporting in this way this is my contribution to the to the community of a whole I don't know all there is to know but as I learn I share in the hopes that we all grow together and why I love to tell folk folk tales and um trickster tales are because not that I wanted us to be stuck in slavery times because that's when we remember those stories. I want us to remember that those stories existed long before slavery, when we were rich in culture, rich in resources, rich in humanity, when we were we were rich in all things. <laughs> those stories carried us through slavery to remind us of who we were. That's what they do. Stories also talk about our current situation to for us to be understand where we where we are and it also gives us hope for the future by telling us where we can go so these stories although they may be considered old stories the lessons in these tales are relevant today i don't think i've told any story that hasn't had a relevant lesson to today every story that i've shared i've been able to pick out the lesson and 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 play a scene in my life where that lesson would have been relevant back then. So I'm hoping that the more that we share these tales is to remind our young people of how great we've always been and that there is wisdom in the stories that we tell and have an opportunity for the older generations to reminisce about the olden days and encourage them to share their stories so that we can learn and continue to share. And also just remind us of who we are. We have such a rich culture. And I find that when we share through storytelling, that intertwining of magic and love and passion just make us stronger and build us up more. So I guess that's the reason why I probably didn't share my answer in this way, because it's a little bit long, but it, I, it's beautiful. <laughs> so I'm glad that I took the opportunity right now to do a redo of that question. So thank you again to Model Crush Sunday for having me and allowing me the opportunity to share a bit about Talking Tales and Keisha the Storyteller. This week, I've got a great story for you. Of course, I'm going to dabble back into Anansi and his trickery and share another Anansi story with you. Have you ever had a friend or family member or somebody that you know intimately or not who likes to get away with certain things? We all know that Anansi is a trickster, but sometimes... That person actually does the work, but nobody believes them. <laughs> this is one of those tales. This story is called Anansi Goes Fishing. Once upon a time, Anansi wanted to learn how to fish. He just didn't know how. So he went to his friend Turtle and said, Turtle, you're such a great fisherman. Teach me how to fish. Well, Turtle was very meticulous in how he did things and decided that if he's going to teach Anansi how to fish, he's going to show Anansi all of the steps and Anansi will have to work. <laughs> so Turkle started with the basics, said, well, Anansi, 
first you have to learn how to make the net so he showed Nancy how to make the net and then as I said oh well this is easy I spin a web so it's very easy to make this net so Nancy went away and started making the net well turtle sat down and relaxed and and as he said well, well turtle why don't you help me turtle said I already know how to make a net you need to learn so and Nancy whittled away and made the net next turtle said well you're gonna have to learn how to make a fishing pole and so he showed Nancy how to pick the right stick and put on the line and showed Nancy how to make one and made Nancy make his own. So Nancy did that as well. Next, Turtle said, well, we're going to need to cook the fish, so we're going to have to make a fire. So Turtle told Nancy how to make the fire, and Nancy went off and collected all of the wood and stacked it all correctly and ignited the fire. The fire was going, and you could hear it crackling. And this happened, this was over a series of days because we know that turtles move very fast. So finally, we came to the day where Anansi was going to be, actually be able to fish. So turtle put the rod in, the, his rod into the water and Anansi put his pole into the water and they waited and they waited and they waited and they waited. Finally, there was a bite on Anansi's pole and the it started to jump and swirl and Nancy could barely hold on to his pole. He asked Turtle for help. So Nancy and Turtle was able to bring in this fish. Now Turtle said, well, we have to cook the fish. So they cleaned it, did their thing, seasoned it and put it on the fire. So Turtle sat down and explained to Nancy how to cook the fish. So Nancy cooked the fish and he did all of his, all the greatness. The fish was finally cooked. It was smelling wonderful. It was big. It was fat. And Nancy was so proud of himself and so excited that he got this fish. Well, now Turtle said that, well, one of us has to eat and the other will get fat or, or get tired. And, and Nancy said, what do you mean, Turtle? And Turtle said, well, Nancy, one of us must eat and the other must get tired. Well, and as he said, I'm not tired. Well, you can't do both. So it's either you're going to get tired or you're going to eat. Well, Nancy didn't quite understand what Turtle was saying, but he said, well, um, I I guess I'm feeling a little bit tired from all that fishing and pulling it in and cooking. I'm, I'm going to take a minute and, 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 and rest. So... Turtle said, well, you go ahead and rest and I'll eat some of the fish and, and leave the rest for you. Well, Nancy thought that was a good idea because, you know, he's feeling a little bit tired. So Nancy put his head down and Turtle ate the fish. He ate a little bit and a little bit more and a little bit more until the whole fish was gone. When Nancy woke up, Turtle was now sleeping. And he said, okay, well, Turtle, where did you put my fish? I'm ready to eat. Turtle said, well, Nancy, you were resting and I didn't want the fish to get cold, so I ate it. What? And Nancy was mad because Nancy does not work and he decided to do the work and he got the fish, but he didn't get to eat any of the fish. And Nancy was so upset. He was so mad that they took it to the Justice Council. And when they went to the Justice Council, now you wouldn't believe what happened. No one believed 
Anansi. Anansi was playing tricks all over the place that when he went to plead his case to say that he did all of the work and Turtle ate the fish, no one believed him. And when Turtle was asked, did Anansi make the net? Turtle said, I showed Anansi how to make the net. When Turtle was asked, did Anansi make the pole? Turtle said, I showed Anansi how to make the pole. And when Turtle was asked, did Anansi catch the fish? Turtle said, I helped Anansi catch the fish. Well, so who ate the fish? Turtle said, well, I helped Anansi eat the fish. Yeah, if Turtle was doing all of this helping, everybody assumed that meant that Turtle did all of the work. So the council decided that Anansi didn't do any of the work and didn't deserve the fish. And Anansi was sent along his way. And Turtle went home with a full belly. <laughs> Jack Mandora, Minachu's Nun. Thank you for joining us for another episode of What Good. And I hope you enjoyed the opportunity to have a, a do-over. And if there's an opportunity for you to try a do-over in your life, I hope you take it and make the most of that opportunity. Please join us next week as we upload new episodes and stories for your enjoyment. And you know how it goes. Learn something new. Reminisce about the old days and most of all, what good?